0: If you or someone you know needs help or support for alcohol misuse or addiction, visit the DrinkWise website at www.drinkwise.org.au or contact Alcohol Drug Information Services on 1-800-250-015. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. This episode idea came from a work friend who recently spoke to me about how he didn't actually know the consequences of what happens after a person gets a DUI or is caught drinking under the influence, which is what DUI stands for, uh, until someone close to him was actually caught drink driving. So I thought, great idea to maybe talk to someone who's gone through this. I put the feelers out a little bit on my Instagram and asked if anyone would be comfortable to come on and talk about their own experience with drink driving and receiving a DUI. My friend, Sammy, she was so kind to come on and have a chat to me about her story. I have known Sammy for a few years now. We met playing footy. She's just a fantastic human being, and I'm very grateful that she took the time to come on and talk about a topic that is really, really important for everyone, but especially for younger people who are getting their license. We talk about the process of getting a DUI, the costs associated, and the impact that this had on Sammy's mental health and her social life. So before we jump in with Sammy, I just want to cover a few of the local laws surrounding alcohol. So of course, I'm from Melbourne, Victoria in Australia, and the drink driving penalties apply when you are caught driving with a blood alcohol concentration or a breath alcohol concentration over the legal limit. So this will change depending on a few things. Specifically for L-platers or P-platers, that's your probationary license or your learners, the limit is zero. So you cannot have any alcohol in your system. For fully licensed drivers, the limit is 0.05 blood alcohol concentration or BAC. So according to Vic VicRoads, basically what happens, uh, there are different penalties depending on the type of offense you've committed, when you committed the offense, your age, the license or permit that you hold, and whether it's your first offense as well. So again, according to Vic VicRoads, I will link this in the show notes as well, but you will always face heavy fines. You will always lose your license. You will need to complete a compulsory behavior change program. You will have an alcohol interlock installed in your car. You will have to drive with a zero blood alcohol concentration for at least three years. And of course, for more serious offenses, you run the risk of going to jail as well. Now, if some of these words or phrases aren't really making sense to you, please go listen to the alcohol episode that I did uh, a few weeks ago. I will plug this again in the episode too, so I'm sorry about that, but it is very important. As you will hear Sammy mention as well, it can be really normal for people to kind of do these, to to drink under the influence after a night out or after having a few beers. You might even hear your mate say, you know, I'm only down the road, I'm not driving that far or I feel fine. But as you will hear in this episode as well, it is just not worth the risk Of course, if you want to learn more about the rules and regulations surrounding drink driving, wherever you live, I would suggest Googling drink driving laws and maybe your state or your city uh, and finding it that way, because it will differ depending on what country you're in and potentially what state you're in as well. And that is enough from me. Let's get into the episode and hear from Sammy. So welcome, Sammy. I've got Sammy here. We've known each other for a few years now. Um, We met when we started playing footy at Upway, which is pretty cool. Um, My first season, was that your first season? Uh, Not my first season of footy, but the first season at Upway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've kind of kept in touch since then because you were my lash lady for a while as well, (laughs) which was good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I think um, It's something that we kind of hear about, but you don't necessarily understand the full scope of when like you're going through your license and everything. And I think it's pretty cool that that you said yes to coming on and chatting with me about it. I think it's great. It's gonna help people. So No worries. Thank you for having me. No worries. We'll get straight into it. So I guess I just want to know what was your personal story with getting a DUI? What what happened? How did it happen? Maybe the lead up to that if there's anything important in there as well. Uh, yeah, so I, it was a Friday night, um, I'd been,
1: I was living in Frankston at the time, um, and I'd been actually in the city on a date, oh, <laughs> um, <I didn't. laughs> the date was like going really well, um, we'd had a few drinks with dinner, and I'd driven in thinking that I was just going to have an early night, I was going home because I had an auction um, the next day. And yeah, so the date was starting to go quite well and then we had a few more drinks, I had a few cocktails and then we stayed a bit longer than I was expecting. Uh, and then, yeah, on the way home, I, I drove uh, and then there was like a car set up on the side of the road, probably like 10 minutes from the city. And then, yeah, just saw the flashing lights, my heart kind of like but butterflies and got really nervous and scared and because I I definitely thought I was over I wasn't sure how much over I was going to be but yeah so got pulled in did the breatho, and basically they're like step out of the car we're gonna have to take a secondary breath test so that was just on the side of the road meanwhile it was absolutely freezing cold and uh it was about maybe I think it was like 1am ish and so I'm standing on the side of the road like about to pry because I was like so scared of what was going to happen and basically my secondary breath test I blew 0.113 yeah um so that's just over double the legal limit and basically my car was impounded straight away and then yeah so from there I basically called one of my friends that live around the corner and I said I'm coming over. This is what's happened. Like, I don't really know what to do. I'm half an hour from my house. Um, Can I please come over? And so I went over to his house and, yeah, cried a lot um, just because I wasn't too sure what I was going to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about, like, before, obviously the date's going well. And we, I mean, any of us who are over the age of 18 and have been out and there's always times where you're like, oh, should I drive? Should I not drive? There's always, like that little question in your mind sometimes of am I going to get carried away and then my car is going to be stuck there and blah 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 and that happens all the time so like that's something that people who don't drive yet seriously consider that because it's always a question and make sure you kind of I guess think about that before um sometimes it's hard though and it happens like like you said and you just end up having a good time and then all of a sudden you're like crap I'm you know however far away from home and I can't leave my car here maybe you've got commitments the next day or whatever so before you actually got in the car and started driving did you think to yourself I mean I know you said you thought you were probably over the the legal BAC limit which is 0.05 so yeah did you kind of have that thought of like oh were you nervous when you were driving
1: um definitely like I I have like I've drank and driven before um but I'd I'd never do it if I felt like I wasn't in control or I feel like like a lot of people say that but I didn't I didn't feel like I was drunk like um I felt like I could manage it and it was I thought I was definitely pushing the limits but I didn't think that I was that far over um and and I definitely think that a lot of young people have that same mentality as like well I was fine to drive like I didn't feel bad like um, but, yeah, you just really don't know how far you actually are over unless you are doing, like, a handheld breather or something um, before you get in the car. But who does that, really? Like, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a bit random, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are available. I've seen them on uh,
1: Amazon or something recently. Definitely worth funny. getting definitely worth investing the money in it for sure
0: some clubs have them as well now where you can chuck like a dollar coin in it and do it as well um oh wow
1: that's so good yeah Yeah. which is
0: that's really good too like pubs and stuff I feel like they should all have them so at least you know like you said I guess that's probably a really important message you don't necessarily know how far over you are even if you think you feel all right you know depending i mean it probably doesn't matter how long you've been drinking for like you you know how you feel at any certain time generally and once you do start drinking alcohol and you kind of understand your limits yeah i guess i just kind of proves that you don't know and it obviously there's all these other things that it's going to depend on like whether you ate or your sleep or you know there's you know I, I did an episode called the effects of alcohol recently that has all of that in there so Just a quiet plug to the other app if anyone wants to go listen to that. (laughs) Um but yeah, you don't know. And so it's I guess probably better to be safe than sorry and uh yeah, use Ubers and taxis and things the cheapest option, not Ubers anymore. If if only I could go back to that diet
1: and just get that Uber home. Yeah,
0: that Uber, absolutely. So (laughs) you mentioned that your car was impounded. Can you tell me first of all just what that means? and just kind of the process of that?
1: Yeah, so this is probably the most, the hardest part. So um, the car was impounded on the spot. So it was taken by the police to uh, impound in Preston, uh, which again is quite a fair distance away. It was, I think it was like uh, $1,100 or something um, to get my car out. So it was in there impound for a month. I had to get two lovely gentlemen from my trade school that I worked with to come one afternoon uh unfortunately when I did get there the battery in my car was dead so it cost me another I think it was well I didn't have RACV so I had to sign up for that which was like a hundred dollars plus the battery itself install, and it was like that was another 250 dollars I think it was so um yeah it was a really really frustrating time and because I couldn't just go and do it myself like that was what I had to it was other people that I dragged in with it I guess um and that 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 is what I found the hardest part about this whole situation um was the impact that it not only had on me but
0: um the people around me as well yeah so really having to like ask other people almost losing that independence though isn't it where you're like I can't just go down the shops now like I can't just drive somewhere really fast <laughs> or, you know, Definitely. I can't just, you know, nick yeah. down here or go there. Um, Just to confirm as well, you were on your full licence, of course. So yeah, when you're on your P's, please. just want to put that in there. You can't have any alcohol in your system at all. You have to be zero, zero if you're on your P's. And, of course, on your learners, the person driving has to be completely zero as well. Just want to add that in there because P plate is, um, yeah, it's obviously more strict. So good to remember that. Um, so you had to pay a lot of money to get your car out as well, which is insane because yeah, you kind of just was, think of it like a fine, but then there's that. In addition, is there a fine end to that?
1: Yeah, so wow. the there was a fine um, that was on the uh, – sorry, it wasn't on the spot, um, but I did have to go to court as well. So the cost within court, uh, I think it was a, I got a $400 fine um, plus – my lawyer's fees as well because of the range it was in it wasn't it wasn't high range but it was mid-range um I could have been convicted so I got the help from a lawyer uh which was about another two thousand dollars on top of um the court fees as well which was about 400 so yeah it was quite an expensive task I guess yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so the court process Talk to me a little bit more about that. So you lose your car. Obviously, it's gone away for a month. How long after did you find yourself in court?
1: Uh, Because of COVID, um, court dates have um, obviously been, it's a little bit different at the moment. I actually did my court over Zoom. So it wasn't until, so I lost my licence in April um, and it wasn't until November that I had to face court. My court date was purely to see how long I would uh, lose my licence for. So it's a minimum of 11 months because I blew 0.113. So if, you, if I blew 0.12, it would be 12 months um, yeah. and so forth. That's the minimum number, but um, you can actually – have it increase when you go to court so okay. I was very lucky I had a really good recommendation from my boss uh, personal reference and I also yeah I instilled the help from a lawyer as well because I just the thought of having a conviction it can affect so many different elements of your life and I that was the heart that was the thing I was most stressed
0: about yeah Yeah, the kind of repercussions of it like that. So when you say you had to wait from April to November, were you allowed to drive during that time? No, my
1: licence was um, taken away from me immediately on the spot. And then, yeah, so they they give you basically a slip that says you can't drive, whatever, your car's impounded from this date until your court date, you'll hear from uh, the police. And then they send out uh, basically a notice to say when your court date is. And then, yeah, you have to prepare for court.
0: So when you're talking about a conviction as well, if you get a conviction does that mean it goes on your record or does it go on your record regardless? Uh it goes when
1: you get a conviction then it goes on your record. Yeah. Um which means you it can affect your traveling like if you want to go overseas and everything like that. Like a lot of places um they won't let you in the country if you have a conviction. Um yeah. and, and so that was that and obviously future job prospects, um, all that sort of thing. They're going to see that, um, straight away on your criminal record. Um, if you are working with children's checks, um, any sort of job, basically you need to be pretty clean. So yeah, I was, I was really, really worried about that, but yeah, luckily
0: I got the minimum and yeah. Yeah. Good. So <laughs> yeah, definitely would recommend getting a lawyer then that's, yeah, that's good. Now, after that, so you got el- you got eleven months because that was the minimum. Yep. yep, and the fines and your car impounded. Did you then have to have an interlock installed in your car?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So interlock is installed for six months, and that's five months. One month of like a probationary period, and then you get five. You have to do five months in a row um, of no misdemeanors at all. So yeah. you can go four months, and then stuff up on your fifth month. And then you have to do a whole nother five months. Yeah. Um, so and not only that, is like you have to drive at least two times in the month. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can't just go overseas for six months and then come back. Um, you have to have driven twice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of it forces you to stay and and pay pay your sentence, essentially, I guess. Yeah. So while I talk about that, can you just explain quickly what an interlock is? It's
1: basically a breath analyzer. Um, So you have it installed into your car um, and then before you drive you have to blow into it um, and then see the reading and then it goes off within 5 to 15 minutes of you driving and then within 15 to uh, an hour and then from an hour and two hours. So it just goes off randomly um, so you could be like in the middle of the freeway, and you have to pull over and and breathe. Basically, yeah. so what it? happens um,
0: if you don't?
1: It doesn't turn off the car or anything okay. like that. It just makes a really really loud noise, and it is very it hurts. Like yeah. you can't keep driving. Yeah, so it forces you to stop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get five minutes. If you do blow a reading, um, you get a. I think it's a re. A re blows in like 15 minutes and then yeah basically if it's just like a might be your food that can affect it or if like you've um sprayed aerosols in the car or anything like that that tends to be won't last for 15 minutes so you re-blow in 15 minutes and then hopefully that the reading is now gone back to zero yeah
0: yeah and so what if you do blow a reading and it is over well can your car start still does it let your car start or what happens
1: no your car will not start um and you will also so it has a camera in the installed into your car actually um and every time you blow into it then a a photo is taken of you if if it's you that's doing it then you'll count as a misdemeanor and then uh you have an account basically with VicRoads that tracks all your progress and everything like that so that'll show up on on VicRoads but if it's someone else like that wants to drive it and they've Accidentally blown over, then it's not going to affect your you, you, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. So, and like they can obviously that's technology these days, they can see that it's not someone else just blowing into it for you, yeah, or no, your, no I mean, balloon action into it or uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: anything like that, yeah, yeah. So, and just before we go, definitely
0: travel away, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh god yeah you can't get away with anything these days
1: (laughs) well well, you should not be
0: able to that's the thing yeah exactly it's um it's going in the right direction with stuff like this that's for sure so do you have to pay for an interlock as well and like that installation that sounds like it's pretty like pretty high tech
1: yeah so it uh depends where you go obviously the everyone's a little bit different but um where i went it was Five hundred and fifty dollars to get it installed, and then every month you have to go into the same place and get it recalibrated, um, and it's about two hundred and twenty dollars every time. And then you have to do a course with Vic Roads uh, to get the interlock taken out as well, um, which is a couple hundred dollars um, as well. So, yeah, yeah, that and I've
0: full on, yeah. So obviously, like, it's not just. I think some people would think about. Losing their license, doing this, getting a DUI, driving under the influence, whatever, and going, all right you get a fine, you, you lose your license, that's it. But it's like, no, your car gets impounded, that's money. You get the fine, that's money. You go to court, that's money. You have to do all these courses, that's money. You get your interlock, that's money. Like, it's so expensive. How actually this... I didn't prepare you for this, so it's okay if you don't have an answer to this question. But in terms of when you got your license back, how did you go with insurance and stuff? Was that still just the same?
1: No. So my insurance has pretty much doubled. Oh, wow. um, and that, that's only like one or two insurers actually insure people that have had um, DUIs. Most of them just go blanket no, that's, that's a no from us. Um, so actually finding insurer was it was quite difficult, and when I did it was, yeah, it was probably double what I would normally pay Jeez, um and yeah, that's gonna be for another five years at least, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's not everyone thinks, oh, you're gonna save money on petrol and insurance and stuff, but it's the cost of it is absolutely ridiculous, like Uber's on top of that as well, like it's yeah. it's so much more than what people think, yeah. It was so not worth it.
0: <laughs> I should just pay that Uber home. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah, and I guess like we're so lucky now we've got the option of everything on our phones. I mean, even cabs now you get on your phones. There's like a million different ride shares. Like you can pick one. Even if Uber's that little bit more expensive, like if you think of a $100 Uber versus literally like probably upwards of, I don't know, five grand in the end for you, like yeah. that's, Mm, which one are you gonna pick like get home safely as well you know like it's all about the safety part of it too i mean i know you said you know which is probably a lot of people as well can relate to that is not feeling like you know you're you're drunk or anything but again like sometimes we don't know what our reflexes are doing or you know if our mind trails off or something like that you know you just you never know what could happen so super important not just the money of course but that is a huge part of it so yeah definitely one
1: thing that um I will mention I so I did have to do a a behavior change um course uh before I got my license back um and yeah there was a, a lady in there that she spoke about one day she she'd only had like two or three drinks or something like that um but she'd actually blacked out and she'd she'd crashed into another car and injured the person and everything like that and and yeah she'd only had a couple of drinks but you just don't know what your reflexes are gonna do like whether she had a medical episode or not is is one thing but yeah you just you don't your body is you don't think you're affected by it um but yeah you don't know how you're gonna react in a time where you need to be on the ball like on the road there's it's a dangerous place to be like, and if you don't have your like full reflexes and everything like that, there's so many things that can go wrong. And yeah, I definitely didn't think of those consequences um, when I got in the car. that night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's important too, I guess. It's like, it's not just about your own safety, but it's about every single other person on the road that's just trying to get to their destination as well. And we have so much trust in the people around us that they're going to do the right thing. So yeah, that's really important. All right, so we talked about this a little bit, um, like you have mentioned this with, with a few things you've said already, but I just want to know how the whole experience kind of affected, I guess, your social life, your work life. We've, I kind of understand a little bit how it affected your financial situation, but talk to me a little bit about that, about like the after effects.
1: Yeah, so I was living in Frankston at the time and I'm from the eastern suburbs, So um, I had one friend there. Um. Luckily, I was actually living with a guy that I work with. So getting to and from work was not as difficult. It was still very hard because we didn't work on the same shifts all the time. And I would have to like walk two kilometers to the train station, get a train to a bus, a bus to another bus just to get to work on time. Like I'd have to leave my house at 4 a.m um and yeah it was it was very very draining and very isolating too. like not having my friends close by like I couldn't just go and see them whenever I wanted to like um it would be an hour trip into the city and an hour trip out into the burbs like I I found it really hard and I I struggled mentally very quite a lot not only that is my gym like I'm very much a person that that's my outlet that's where I Get all my good energy from, and I, I'd have to. It was twelve k's away, my gym. So sometimes I would ride to the station, and then ride from the station to gym, and then do my workout, and then ride home. And it was just, <laughs> it was in and it, in the midst of winter when it's freezing cold, and you've already got seasonal depression. Like it was just, <laughs> it was not a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not only that is. I was three months into a new job, um, my this job that I absolutely love, and it's it's basically changed my whole life, but I'd just done my three months and the phone call to my boss was one of the scariest things I've ever done. I just thought if I lose my job, like, that's it, my life's over. Like, I don't know how I'm going to cope with this. So, yeah, I called, when I called him and I said, look, something's happened, like, I've stuffed up, I've stuffed up bad, and he was like, all right, Come into the office. We'll have a meeting about it. And like, I didn't sleep that whole night. I was like, I, I'm done here. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. What am I gonna do for work? Like, uh, this job that I, I just gotten was it taken me six months of interviews and everything to get it, and uh, I've just stuffed it up in one night. But luckily, I didn't, I didn't lose my job. Um, thank God. It has definitely affected me. Um, within my work like not being able to do overtime when when they've needed because they've needed drivers yeah money money again more money lost but yeah and it was it was really embarrassing to be honest Um, like telling people that you've lost your license for drink driving I think a lot of people go oh everyone does it kind of thing but like to tell people that you can't drive for 11 months because you're an idiot like it's it is very embarrassing and calling my mom was probably the hardest thing as well. Yeah. Not only my boss, but yeah, telling my mom, that was, that was pretty hard.
0: Yeah. It's almost like, like you do feel a little bit shameful, even though, you know, you're not in that situation where you are like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to go drive. Like you genuinely were just like, I'm okay. But yeah, just, I can't imagine that call to your boss. That would have been super hard as well being like, especially a new job when you like want to make a good impression and you want to you know show that you know you're mature and you can do this and do that and of course that doesn't really take away from it I mean it's a mistake but it, it I guess from a boss's perspective you can think about what they might have been thinking at the time but I'm glad that they didn't um you know it didn't affect you in that way because um again like you said it would have probably hit you a bit harder mentally had you lost your job because that's yeah. Again, we talked about the, the financial influence of it. You needed to work and oh, full on. And yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess before people get caught, like you're saying, people are like, Oh, everyone does it. And there's kind of sometimes that attitude and then your attitude, not necessarily saying you had that attitude, but the attitude now as someone who's gone through it. It's like, so not worth it. It's a bit embarrassing. Like that's such a shift and I think more people need to think about that for sure about think about how you'd feel actually after the fact and if you did get caught because yeah not so fun then
1: (laughs) I'm really lucky in the sense too is that I only lost money and time and and that sort of thing is that like I didn't actually hurt somebody else and I think like I got off pretty lightly um but yeah I think if if it had affected somebody else as well, like that would have been a whole nother ball game as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Especially, you know, like you said, that lady who'd who'd injured someone else or, you know, worse, you could kill someone. And that's just I think some people will shy away from that, uh, like saying that to people sometimes too. But it's like that is the reality of it. You don't know. And you can't you can't, like you said, like your situation, you can't trust that you are gonna know exactly how you're feeling or or what your body's doing. It's just so much better to make sure that you just take the bloody uber
1: definitely. <laughs> get a yeah, ride
0: yeah, definitely. so you said that this happened in april last year is that right yeah so yes, it's yes, definitely yes. been uh over 11 months tell me a bit about what the process of getting your license back and getting your car back and taking out the interlock and all of that was like
1: um yeah so uh you don't have to go to court um with, if it's your first offence, uh, to get it back. So I had to go to court back in November yeah. um, just to see how long I was going to lose it for. But if you have um, already had a convict, uh, like an offence before, um, you have to go to court again to um, to get get your license back. So luckily, uh, this is my first offence. So basically, you have to do um, a behaviour change program. Um, so that's again more money. About five hundred dollars. It was a few week course, and it basically was just it just gives you a bit more information on drinking and um, drinking responsibly, and and understanding how much is actually in alcohol is in a drink because a lot of people think that a standard drink is different to a normal drink. Um, so basically, it's a two week course, which I'm sure you've covered in your previous episode, which yeah. you should go listen to. <laughs> um, oh, thanks for that. Yeah. little (laughs) cheeky plug um but yeah so I had to do that for two weeks and yeah that was that was interesting uh and then so before you get your license back um you have to get interlock installed in your car so I had to get to like my sister and one of my friends to drive my car to the interlock place um get it installed and then drive back get the car go to Vic Road's they basically sign off on the certificate, say it's been installed. Um, after the probationary period, then they give you your license back. It was quite annoying because I just bought a new car, so trying to do logistics on that. Um, but yeah, I have, I still have it in my car, so I don't know quite know what the process is yet to get it out. But I do know I have to do another course again, more money, uh, t- before I can get it out.
0: Yeah. So how long is it in now? Like how long do you have to have it in for?
1: Uh, mine is six months, um, but, yeah, it just depends on your reading and what they give you at court. Um, so, yeah, six months with me, but, uh, yeah, as long as I have no misdemeanours or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had it for a month
0: now, I think it is. yeah. Yeah. Jeez, full on. That's crazy. Yeah. So 11 months no licence, six months with an interlock, Every month, you said you have to go back in and get it recalibrated. Yeah, it's so like one of those things. Like you think monthly, and you're like, oh, not that bad. But it would roll around quick, and you're just like, God yeah. again.
1: <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's like two hundred and twenty dollars or something every time. So like, you finally think that you don't have any big expenses coming out, and then suddenly another one, another one, another one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what over six months, that's you know quite a bit of money. Imagine you know. Obviously, as you said, depending on the person and the offense, you could have well more than that. So, yeah, insane. Yeah. Well, I guess I feel like that's pretty much most uh, things covered, which is great. Probably one last little one is, do you have, I know you said, use Ubers, book that Uber, which is awesome. Um, Great message, but do you have a message for people that, I mean, anyone, but particularly young people who maybe are getting their licence, are new on the roads, are kind of, you know, going out, partying, thinking about maybe doing things like this?
1: Uh, Yeah, just probably I know that when I was younger, I didn't even think about anybody else on the road. Like I just, it was never, it was just I I need to get home in the cheapest way possible. Um, And I just didn't even think about it. And so I think before you get in the car, think of like what, actually could happen and think worst case scenario because that that's what could happen um don't think best case scenario uh and just because everybody else does it doesn't mean you should do it and just because your parents did it and and they're fine or anything like that like it doesn't mean that you're going to be okay and it doesn't mean that other people are going to be okay Um, it's not just you it's everybody else on the road you have a responsibility for um, when you get your license that's what you're agreeing to so yeah definitely just have a think about it before you get in the car and if you even think you're slightly over don't drive like get a lift call mom whatever you do, whatever
0: you can do yeah definitely yeah. that's great I love that call mom as well because I feel like a lot of parents say that as well when you're growing up they're like always say to you I mean my mum was like this you drill it into me you're not going to get in trouble if you call me if you're in a situation where you need me like just call me and I'm sure most people have maybe it's not their parent but someone in their lives you know if my best friend was about to get in a car with someone even if they weren't drinking and maybe they were just getting a lift with someone who was drinking and driving and you know they had the option to call me at 3am to come get them and I'm sober, I would 100% want that, like you 100% want to make sure that people are getting home safe and and doing the right thing. So utilising the people around you, spending just that little bit extra at the time on an Uber, on a cab, whatever it is to get home safely, it's so important. And if you need to drive, don't drink. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, don't don't drink. It's that simple. Or drink, you know, if you're going to go out for dinner, have one standard drink. Eat a bowl of pasta, wait three hours, and then you know you're absolutely all right most of the time. You're not going to be impaired then, but do it smart. And again, that's about knowing about different standards and all of that as well. So if you are not informed on that, um, I hope that everyone who drinks and is over the 18 is informed of that, but there's probably people that don't fully understand it. Do your research listen to that other episode again, Um, make sure that you're aware of it. Cause that, as you said, it's an important part of having your license. And that's kind of what you promise to everyone else on the roads when you do get your license. Well, thank you so much um, for coming on and sharing that. I think it's awesome that you were willing to do that and, and come and talk to me and kind of get that message out there and, you know, let people know that it's not, fun in any sense in you know for your social life your work life your mental health it's going to affect you know everything and that's that's really important but yeah just want to say a massive thank you for coming on
1: no worries thank you for having me and hopefully it can help even just one person would be good
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely thank you (laughs) That's all for today's episode. I hope you feel more informed about drink driving and the risks surrounding uh, drink driving and receiving a DUI. Please never, ever let your mates, your family members, or your partners drink and drive, not only for their safety, but for the safety of the people around them on the roads as well. It is not fun. It's not cool. And it's not bloody worth it. Enjoy your week. I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.